your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Snap back, McCaffrey rolling right, looking to throw to football, steps, throws to downfield, J.D. Spielman makes a catch, five, touchdown, Nebraska, Luke McCaffrey to J.D. Spielman, and it's a one-score game again here in Lincoln. Sports Nightly during the holidays is presented by the Woodhouse Auto Family. With over 6,000 new and pre-owned vehicles in stock, visit woodhouse.com to browse the entire inventory. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Thank you and welcome to another week of Sports Nightly here on the Husker Sports Network. Hope you had a good weekend, good holiday weekend. Well, it's over. The 2019 Husker football season is in the books. And boy, it didn't go anywhere close to the way we thought that it might a few months ago. It ends in heartbreak fashion again against Iowa with the Hawkeyes, in essence, walking Nebraska off of the field goal with one second left on the clock, 27-24. Heartbreak city for Nebraska, a victory for the Cornhuskers. Would have put them into a bowl game for the first time in a couple of years. Instead, it's turn in the uniform, turn over the pads to the equipment room, and then think about winter conditioning and spring ball. Disappointment galore for Nebraska on Saturday. Hard-fought game. Nice comeback by the Big Red after digging a 17-3 hole to get it back to tie late in the third quarter. Then the game turned into a defensive slugfest that ended with Keith Duncan blowing kisses to the Husker bench after booting a 48-yard field goal to give Iowa the 27-24 victory. Um, it, It was a really, if you didn't care who won the game, it was an entertaining game. It was two teams playing extremely hard. I think Nebraska laid it on the line. You saw some trick plays thrown in there by the Big Red to try to confuse Iowa. One of them you just heard right there, and that was the McCaffrey throw down the field. I think Iowa probably saw coming to the game and said, oh, he's going to run the football. He pops open for the catch and touchdown that gets Nebraska back to within a score. But uh, it's over. I'm kind of in disbelief. It had been for a couple days that that's it for the 2019 Huskers. And no bowl game again for three straight years. Extremely disappointing. And now the coaches are out scattered around the country, Ben, looking for new players. Is signing day just coming up now in 16 days for that. But it ended on Friday at 4.52. Yeah, I've really been dreading uh, this um, <laughs> coming on to the show and and starting our off season here on December 2nd. Um the emotions that I felt on Friday went from, you know, the the game ends. It went from anger to disgust to heartbreak uh, for the seniors, sadness for the seniors, and then by the time I got ho- home again, it was it was it was like I, I was so mad I, I just wanted to get away from it. And I think I said a sent a text to you and Nate going, the harsh reality is, boys, there's a there are some Big Ten teams whose seasons aren't going to end for another month. And and that just made me want to hurl, um, you know. Thinking, thinking of of the Ohio State Michigan game the next day, thinking of the Wisconsin Minnesota game the next day, and thinking of, um, you know, who's going to get that Rose Bowl bid in Pasadena, Minnesota, or Penn State, and then you know the inevitability of Ohio State running Michigan off the field. Uh, it just it just made me sick to my stomach to think that 
they were going to play for another month and and our season was over you know it's almost like those times we show up to a big 10 tournament and we're already in the airport waiting to go home and michigan state hasn't even arrived yet um that that's the feeling that i had and it's in it, it was inconceivable to me before the season started that we would be sitting here and nebraska wouldn't be in another bowl game if you were if you were to ask me before the season to put a percentage on on that happening i, I was 10 percent or under that that nebraska would not make a bowl game and that's truly how i felt um obviously that didn't happen and we're gonna have a couple hundred days to sit here and analyze what happened and what you know what what's happened on all the shows around the state today are the off-season chatter right let's go through all the check boxes and analyzing and uh figuring out what worked what didn't work um you know all the, all that stuff that's to come with an off-season i'm dreading talking about all that stuff again um it, 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 and I knew, Greg, like three weeks ago when it was looking bleak after that Purdue game that Nebraska was going to make a bull game. And I'm thinking, OK, well, what's next year looking like? I, I would not let myself go th- go there because of what's happening right now is because we at that point, we still had two games left to play and we were still in the season. And we got to talk about Maryland. We got to talk about going to College Park for the first time. We got to talk about another game, another chance with Black Friday with Iowa. We got to, that, that, that was what we got to talk about. And now all it is is going to be sitting here uh, for the next 16 days. It's going to be recruiting. Uh, for maybe a month after that, it's going to be the recruiting leftovers. Then it's going to be uh, the quarterback controversy in the spring. Then it's going to be Nebraska special teams. Then it's going to be uh, breaking down the schedule 10 ways to Sunday. And then it's going to be um, you know, which players are going to take the jump? How are these junior college kids going to – it's just what it's going to be, and I'm not ready for that yet. And, and it's kind of making me mad sitting here knowing that that's the case. And and, and, the, and the crappy thing was that was a good football game on Friday. That was a really good football game and a lot of emotion in that game, good, bad, and, and obviously it, it ended ugly. But, you know, Nebraska had a chance to win, and unfortunately, like we've been saying all year – uh, a game that could Nebraska win. They didn't. They didn't make the plays when they needed to. Defense played awesome. Uh, f- other than those big plays in the first qu- first quarter um, and, and right there at the end. And and you're not sure who to point the finger at, but everyone wants to blame something right now uh, because of the emotion to come out of it. I'm sure we'll get calls tonight complaining about stuff. That's fine. Feel free to call and tell us how you feel. But um, – that that's what's that's what stinks is the team played a great game the seniors played their hearts out and you know it's all over and now we got it now we got a whole off season to talk about to me the the 2019 season ben was the season of close losses and scott frost mentioned this in his press conference after the game six games six of the 12 were decided by one score or less and nebraska was two and four the inability to win the colorado game the Purdue game, which you referenced, and then and then Friday's game with Iowa, is what is keeping this team out of postseason play, and so it's it's difficult to stomach and Indiana. Whatever they yeah, and, and, and yeah, throw Indiana in. Indiana too. is in there to me because we're up eleven, have a chance to go eight, true, eight, go up eighteen, true. Um, but to me, the Colorado and the Purdue games are the ones that I just yeah. can't shake. And Nebraska's got to figure that out. Scott Frost has got to figure that out. We've got to figure out why we're not winning close games. It's little things. Each 
each game that's preventing us from getting it done, and he's got to get that figured out because that's two straight years of the inability to win one-score games. Last year, Nebraska went one and five in, in games that were decided by one score or less, and this year two and four. And that's the difference between Nebraska getting to some bowl games or uh, – not getting the postseason play and not being a factor in the West, more so than they've been. So those are some thoughts from us. Phone lines are open for you. Here's what we have on the program tonight. Open phones for the first hour of the program. Fred Hoiberg will be here in hour number two. It's our men's basketball show for the week. Huskers coming off the third-place finish at the Cayman Islands tournament, uh, beating South Florida in the third-place game last week. They're getting ready to take part in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which is underway tonight with Miami playing in Illinois. There's another game later tonight. Uh, Huskers will try Travel to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech on Wednesday. Third hour of the show, we'll have our weekend rewind, and we'll chat with Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com. Tonight, it's the Nebraska Basketball Radio Show, right here on the Husker Sports Network. Mack with the ball, puts to Green, coming left to right. He gives it off to Burke. Burke shakes, bakes, drives on Robinson with a right hand and the finish, and an and one. Great finish by Deshaun Burke. And Nebraska schooling Washington State here. An inside look at what's going on around Nebraska basketball. Collins with a jab step on Thor. Good feet by Thor. Now he allows the penetration. Missed it. Help defense was there, though. Credit Ivan, the defensive board, taken down by Nebraska. Here's Mack with the ball at the foul line to a cutting. Cheatham! Where did that come from? With the head coach, Fred Hoiberg. Ten on the shot clock. Burke, pull up, jump shot on the way. Got it! Holy smokes! Holy Toledo, what a three. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at yourmidwestforddealers.com. Now here's your host of the Nebraska Basketball Radio Show, Greg Sharp. Thank you. Welcome to our show. Here are the numbers if you want to be a part of this one over the next hour. 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. I thought maybe you wouldn't even come back. Down there in the islands, beautiful weather. I miss it. I miss it. it was, uh, yeah, we left 85 and sunny. It was, uh, yeah, and came back to that. Yeah, that wind was just brutal the Ooh, last two days. Been howling yeah, the last been couple awful. days. Yeah, pretty nice today, though. Yeah, not bad today. Yep. How, how was, we'll get into the games, obviously, over the next hour. How was the tournament run and the accommodations and all that for the guys? I thought it was a very well-run tournament. And uh, a guy named Maury Hanks is the one that runs it. I've known Maury for a long time. He's uh, a guy that works in the NBA. And I uh, scouted a lot of games with Maury when I was working in the front office in Minnesota. And he's a good friend of mine. So uh, to go down there, I thought the competition was very good. Uh, played three very quality teams. Uh, you know, fortunate to win two of those games. I thought Washington State. Uh, you know, they, they've got a lot of talent. They've got a kid on the team, Ellaby, who you know they're talking about being maybe uh, you know first round draft pick this year. He tested the waters last year in the draft. Uh, they've got size. Uh, on that team as well and good guard play so to win that game uh, in the opening round was a good win for us uh, second game we did not handle the press well with George Mason got off to a poor start came back actually fought back and uh, Deshaun Burke really got us going I think he scored the first 12 points uh, of that game for us against George Mason uh, you know cut into their lead in the second half got it I think got it to five uh, on a couple of occasions just could not get the big stop uh, to be able to get over the hump and then you know to win that last game to bounce back after a tough uh, difficult loss uh, was very important for our guys so you know good way to go out with the uh, with a win but you know overall I thought it was a great tournament it's a beautiful setting a great island uh, they've got uh, a, a really good facility 
uh, that they play the games in. We had we had a lot of fans down there. It was good to see. Uh, you know, I thought we had as good a fan base as anybody uh, down there in the island. So, yeah, very well-run tournament. You're not really deep with only the nine eligible scholarship guys. So, the th- playing three in three days can really push you. It's it's yeah, it's what you prepare for. You know, we and especially with our group because we'd had two games in two weeks, uh, the previous two games. So to have to find a way, you know, to you know, just get the energy up in the gym that doesn't have a lot of atmosphere. You know, you have that sometimes in those type of situations uh, to be able to muster up your own energy. And we got off to, uh, you know, besides the George Mason game, we got off to good starts. And then we had a really good stretch uh, in that Mason game. But, you know, to get off to good starts, those other two games is something you have to do, especially in that third game. You know, after playing the late game, playing 730 and have to bounce back and play a five o'clock game, uh, it's not easy. But, you know, I give our guys credit for going out there and playing the right way. It can be easy to be distracted. You go to a place like that and guys see the water and the sand and to keep them locked in how did the guys how was their maturity level for that it was good you know the first day we got there a day early as did every team uh, that went down there and you know they spent some good quality time together uh, you know it's the other thing about those trips is you do get a lot of quality time together and you know you spend time uh, they spent some time on the beach uh, that first game uh, sorry that first day we were down there and you know after that we talked to them about how important it was to get their rest and you know just talked about how much of a business trip it was uh, had an academic advisor down there it's a you know, very important time right now in the semester uh, coming to an end. So, uh, you know, we had mandatory study hours uh, for our guys as well. But uh, yeah, overall, it was uh, it was a good trip. And the guys, you know, I thought did a good job taking care of business. Huskers get third place after beating South Florida in the third place game. Now winners of four of their last five and get ready for Georgia Tech on Wednesday night. We got a lot to get to with the coach over the next hour. If you want to be a part of this one, here are the numbers 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. Let's go to the phones. John and Lincoln, you're going to lead us off tonight. Good evening. Hey, Coach. How's it going? Great to have you on board. Hope hope everything's going well so far. Yeah, thank you, John. Yeah, thanks for calling. You bet. All right, one serious question. As a coach, I noticed your team's uh, struggling at the free throw line. What What do you do to help that out? I know they did a little better in the last couple games. Yeah. My we... second question is, go ahead. Well, yeah, just, uh, you know, we did shoot it a little bit better as the tournament went on and hit some big ones. Uh, you know, Hanif Cheatham, who had really been struggling, was 9 for 11 uh, at the free throw line that last game and hit two big ones to make it a three-possession game uh, at the end. You know, the really good thing is to see us shooting the ball better in the last four games. I think we're shooting 45% uh, from the three-point line. So, uh, you know, it's starting to get a little bit better. It, it, to me, free throw shooting is so mental. And, you know, if you get on the wrong type, type of roll, you know, you get the domino fall in the wrong direction or the ball rolling in the wrong direction, uh, you know, just has a way of, uh, you know, everybody going up there and you lose confidence and, you know, you just got to find a way. We work on it all the time. Believe me, I've shot more with this group than any team I've ever coached. (laughs) And, you know, we shoot free throws for punishment at the end of practice. Uh, You know, if we turn the ball over, you know, the last two days, it's been about rebounding. If we don't cut out, we add a sprint uh, to the end and free throws can knock some of those sprints off. So, you know, you have consequences for missed free throws and, uh, you know, we, we, we again, it's just a matter of getting up there with confidence and trust in your stroke. I did my little free throw demonstration that I've always done for uh, kids camps when I speak at them. And, you know, it, 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 I, I don't know if it helped a, l- a little bit, but, you know, human nature sometimes when you're struggling, you try to get as close to that rim as possible. So you're not finishing high, you're not trusting your stroke. And then the other thing is, 
you know, you just, uh, the tempo, and you try to get it out of your hand as quickly as possible as opposed to taking your time and going up with good rhythm and good tempo and shooting that way. So, you know, I, I'm confident we'll get it going. The, the fact that we've got it going from the three-point line, uh, that's a, definitely a step in the right direction, and hopefully the free throws will follow suit. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I know you guys lost a couple of games, and it's the old coach saying, you know, if you hit your free throws, you win those. Absolutely. But, yeah. And then my second question is a little little off kilter, but um, back in your old big eight days or whenever you played, you know, what was one Husker player that you remember playing that was a difficult matchup? Well, uh, you know, the guy that stands out is, is Piatkowski. He he was uh, he was a year older than I was, and he was a really tough tough matchup. He was always moving. You never uh, you know could find him just coming off screens. I thought Danny needed a really good job of putting him in positions to be successful. Uh, but he had such great movement off the ball, and then he had such a quick uh, trigger that uh, you know if he gave him any space at all, you know he had good size and good length. That shot was going in. Uh, the other guy that I always thought was was such a tough competitor was Eric Strickland. Uh, you know, Strick was just you know on the defensive end he always uh, got right yeah. up underneath you had great ball pressure uh, whenever you had the ball and uh, was a guy that could certainly hit shots and you know those were good teams to play against we had some really good battles against those guys in Jerron Boone and Mikey Moore uh, but uh, Pikeowski was one of the tougher matchups I had in college awesome and then my last one is any words of encouragement for the football team I know we're coming off a, a tough year and everything and we're happy to have both you and coach Frost here so uh, give us some encouragement for next year, and uh, hey, good luck this year, and, and welcome aboard. Yeah, thank thank you, John. I appreciate the kind words. I, I'll say this: the, the right guys in place here as the leader of this athletic program and the leader of this football team. Uh, you know, I've gotten to know Scott, and you know, he, he's such a passionate person, and the University of Nebraska is everything to him. And you know, he's going to get this thing going. There's no doubt in my mind. And you know, we live in a world of you know what have you done for me lately and you know the the just the instant gratification that everybody wants right now but you know scott frost is the right person for this job i promise you that and he's going to do everything in his power with his staff uh to get things going in the right direction and you know i saw a lot of good play uh by the team this year it's just you know the overall uh consistency which you know we all search for um but you know when he gets all of his players in place here uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to take off and get this program back where, where it belongs John, appreciate the call. Let's stay in Lincoln. Tyler, you're up next with the head coach. Hey, coach. How's it going tonight? Yeah, good, Tyler. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Hey, uh, I guess I got two questions. First one is an easy one. Uh, I'd like to know what you thought of the Seafire Resort in Grand Cayman. You guys enjoy that place and you're right there. Well, the resort you stayed at, did you like it? Yeah, it was great. We stayed at the Kimpton Resort. It was actually, and I found this out right as we were leaving. I was talking to the general manager of the hotel, and my wife and I honeymooned in the Cayman Islands about 25 years ago, I guess. And, uh, you know, it was, we stayed at the Hyatt, which if you've seen the movie The Firm, that's mm-hmm. where the movie The Firm uh, takes place, is at that Hyatt. And uh, it's no longer there, but apparently the Kimpton is where the Hyatt used to be. So, you know, it was uh, fun to be back there. My wife did go on the trip with me and then we took our kids back uh for our 20 year anniversary a couple years ago and had an awesome time down there it's a beautiful island and uh you know it's safe uh, there's no crime uh on the island and the water is about as pure as you're going to find anywhere in the world was that the one yeah, you were exactly. asking about Tyler? Place. yep exactly it's Kimpton Sea Fire and uh actually I watched the first two games in Grand Cayman I was down there I'm not a not a huge Husker fan but I'm a huge sports fan and um I'm from Lincoln, obviously, so I thought I'd catch a game down there. I'm just in the second game. 
um, I, I guess I wanted to ask you how how quick how quick you think this team is going to gel. I noticed we uh, had some issues on the sidelines during the first half, and then at halftime we came out and we had a couple of starters um, sit, not taking any shots at halftime, and um, just kind of wondering how all those new guys are coming together what your thoughts are on that yeah I think I think the team's coming together well and you know we did have uh some things in that second game but I thought we addressed it and came out with uh uh you know great togetherness and you know we had to if we were going to beat that team uh South Florida this team's got really good guard play you know strong older uh type players and uh you know it was a very good win for us to bounce back and uh you know we had uh it's a lot of teams do with these early portion of the season you know when you have some struggles you get in a room and you talk it out and you hash it out in a team meeting and you know we had a really good one when we were down there and I think addressed uh, some things and and got everybody on the same page so you know now it's been about getting back and uh, you know finding a way to get back to work here and hopefully going out and playing three good games on the road we play three good quality teams coming up here starting in our game on Wednesday against Georgia Tech and then obviously with Creighton on the road and starting Big Ten play with Indiana so we've got a tough stretch going here and especially when you're on the road when you're playing true road games you have to find a way uh, to go out there and play together and communicate with each other and you know I think we've taken a step in the right direction you know this thing as we've talked about all all you know preseason and and into the early portion of our season you know we're going to have ups and downs with all the new faces uh, that we have and uh, you know I do think with you know winning four of the last five uh, you know, we're coming together a little bit and we just need to continue to build and, you know, find a way to compete on the glass. If we can do that, uh, we're going to have a chance uh, most nights. If we don't, then, you know, we're going we're gonna to struggle. But, you know, I'm proud of the way the team responded after that tough loss to George Mason and bounced back uh, with a good ending uh, win in the tournament. And again, there's some things we can build on, on that game for sure. Todd, I appreciate the call. Glad you were able to catch a game while you're down to the Caymans. Let's go to Grand Island next. Chris, you're up with the head coach. Hi, Coach. How are you this evening? I'm great, Chris. How are you? Good. Congrats on the uh, third place finish in the tournament. Thank you. A uh, couple questions for you. And this, I was listening to, I believe it was the Southern game. And what is one way you and your coaching staff are keeping the players, trying to keep the players focused when they start getting up by a, quite a bit of, of the uh, leap? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the end of that question. I'm sorry. Uh, what's the one way you and your coaching staff are keeping your players focused when you guys start when the players start getting up by a uh, double-digit point lead? Well, yeah, it, it's something that you have to do. And you know, I, I think I commented after that game. We got down, I, I want to say, seven points. I thought our bench was a was a huge key uh, in that win. And, and you know, they kind of got us back after uh, you know we'd gotten down seven or eight points, whatever it was. Uh, you know, and then we put the starters back in, and, and they help finish it off. But you know, it's just something you have to do. You know, we talk all the time about the the runs uh, that happen in the game of basketball, the highs and lows, and you know, the adversity that's going to hit you every night you step on the floor. And the single most important thing is how you handle that, how you handle that adversity. And if you stay together, uh, if you handle it the right way, uh, you're going to have a chance to battle back. If you don't, uh, you're going to end up getting blown out. We did not handle it well the first game of the year against Riverside, and we ended up getting stung and and, uh, and lost uh, in a big way. So we've taken steps in the right direction with that. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to go out and stay together through the good times and the bad. 
Sometimes it is hard. You have a nice halftime lead to kind of keep the, the pedal to the metal, step on their throat, whatever term you want to throw out there. And young teams that maybe don't have great leadership developed yet, that's that's a hurdle to get over to do that. Well, it is. And, you know, it's uh, it's something with our team. That was the South Dakota State game, who's a good team. Yeah. You know, South Dakota State, we jumped out, and I had a th- I think I had a 31-point lead at one point in that first half. And, you know, second half, you come out, you, you, you know, you start holding the ball a little bit and, you know, we stopped doing some of the things that got us that big lead. But, you know, thankfully we had a big enough one uh, to be able to win that one, uh, you know, pretty handily. But, you know, that's just it's what you have to do. I, you know, one guy that, that really, you know, I think is a leader of this group is Hanif, uh, Hanif Cheatham. It was great to see him go out there. He was on the all-tournament team. Uh, had a 26-point game, which is a career high for him. And, you know, like we talked about, got to the free throw line uh, 11 times in, in that game against South Florida. But he was terrific the whole time. Uh, had really good performances. But, you know, to see Hanif have that consistency uh, for those three straight games down there was great to see. South Dakota State gave Indiana all they won the other night. Chris, appreciate the call. Let's get one more caller in before we go to our first break. We'll go up to Sioux City. Scott, you're up with the head coach. Hi, Coach. Uh, thanks for coming to Nebraska. We're glad to have you. I appreciate that. Uh, I had one question. Had one question and a comment about. I, I think it was the last game where you changed the starting lineup and had uh, had Cam come in about maybe seven minutes into it. Um, he really seems to be a great facilitator for the team and has a high motor for boom being down there. Um, just like that. And I, I, I'm not calling to ask why he didn't start or anything, but um, I, I I think it's good that these guys uh, uh, know their place and, and are put in their place when, when they need to. And if that means the bench, it's the bench. But as long as they're able to stay on the team, and I think you're the right guy to get that accomplished here. Well, no, I, I appreciate the call. And, you know, I thought Cam handled it very well. I thought he had a terrific game and, you know, really finished it off. He had a great uh, drive to the basket. He had an uh, unbelievable pass. He was you know, coming down at a fast break. He had great patience and Hanif slashing uh, to the basket in a, in a five-on-four uh, situation. And he really is a facilitator. He's got great vision, uh, his ability to make, you know, difficult passes, and he makes it look easy uh, sometimes. But, you know, he's got uh, uh, a really good feel for the game. And, you know, to see him go out there and, and uh, uh, help us win that, put the ball in his hands late, uh, and he made the right play uh, for the most part the entire time. So, you know, I was proud of Cam for the way uh, that he helped that. He's been terrific in practice here these last couple of days uh, vocally and, you know, really trying to work on that area uh, of his game with his leadership. And he's done a, a, a really good job with that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's again, it's going to be important. Our guys, you know, do a really good job going out there, playing together and, and being vocal uh, when we start playing these road games here on uh, on Wednesday night. Scott, appreciate the call. All of our callers are dialing us up tonight on our Sports Sunday Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. More of your calls coming up. You're listening to Sports Nightly. This is the Husker Sports Network. Shop Woodhouse Mazda today, where we make your Mazda buying process easy. Come in and take a look at our selection of all-new Mazda CX-9s. The all-new Mazda CX-9 comes equipped with third-row seating, giving you plenty of room for you and your family to hit the road. The all-new Mazda CX-9 keeps your family safe with available blind spot monitoring and lean keep assist technology. Shop our showrooms at 66 and L or our new location at 144th and Giles. This is Woodhouse Mazda. 
We're back Monday night edition of Sports Highly here on the Husker Sports Network. And on Mondays, we'd like to check in with Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com to get a feel for the past couple of days in college football. And Adam, let's start with the huge news today, and that was the resignation of Chris Peterson from the University of Washington Husky program. I think this caught everybody off guard, right? Sure, and obviously not a dismissal there, but just uh, uh, Chris Peterson stepping down. And you know, I just uh, talked to some coaches in the Pac-12 today, even people that were you know, really close to Chris, and this definitely came as a surprise. Um, you know, the season hadn't gone as planned. It kind of wore him down, and as a source close to him told me, basically just needed to recharge. There's no health issue, thankfully, nothing with his family. But um, you know, this job, as you know, being around the sport, is a 24-7 deal, and, and I think right now he just needs a break. And so uh, Jimmy Lake, who I've gotten to know over the years, steps in as the new head coach at Washington. Jimmy's a dynamic personality. You know, he was with Chris Peterson for a while, both at Washington and Boise State. Also spent some time in the NFL. You know, he, he's been one of the better defensive coordinators in college football, and now you know, gets a big, big opportunity uh, with his first head coaching job to take over for Chris Peterson, but that's uh, that's a stunner. He's a guy that a lot of coaches would put in their top ten nationally just as how good he's been over the course of his career, and uh, nobody really saw that happening or that coming as far as him deciding to step away. Yeah, very, very shocking. Ole Miss, bit of a surprise maybe, and Missouri, maybe did, were you surprised for either one of those? Less so with Missouri. We heard that that was likely – even uh, before their game with Arkansas on Friday, win or lose. And with Ole Miss, that was a surprise. You know, they're, they're a program that, um, you know, Matt Luke's only in his third year, only his second year as the permanent head coach. And, you know, they went 4-8, and eight, but they're coming off with a, a bowl ban and everything that went on with the NCAA sanctions. They invested in uh, Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre as the coordinators. And, you know, it just sounds like the boosters really wanted to change. And they came up with the money, and, and they made that change. And that was not something that a lot of us uh, thought would happen this year, especially you know, they only hired a permanent athletic director. They promoted from within, but only hired the guy, uh, Keith Carter, a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, that, that's not an SEC job that I expected to be uh, making calls about and putting together candidate lists. But you know, now you got three in that league a year after having none with uh, Missouri and Arkansas and now Ole Miss. Adam, are you surprised we have not heard anything about Mark D'Antonio's future at Michigan State here on a Monday? Well, I think that indicates that Mark D'Antonio is coming back. I mean, that's huh. what he said uh, repeatedly the, the last few weeks. I thought Athletic Director Bill Beekman has uh, voiced his confidence for Mark. And you know, again, he you know, even though they were disappointing this year, and and uh, we'll see what goes on with their coaching staff. You know, Mark D'Antonio has uh, earned a lot of. Uh, uh, of power at that program and you know kind of in many people's eyes maybe determines how he finishes out and if he wants to continue um, he's probably going to get that chance unless there's a change of heart um, so yeah I, I would expect to see Mark back in 2020 um, we'll see about the coaching staff there's certainly some pressure to change things up uh, but uh, you know kind of like Tom Izzo not not quite to that level but as far as longevity you know he has uh, been there a long time and is going to determine, uh, you know, kind of when he steps aside. Okay, let's get to some of the games. Ohio State was incredibly impressive again. Uh, put it to Michigan. Um, how, how do Wolverine fans feel about their head coach now? He has just not been able to get past that Ohio State uh, a battle line in, in his tenure there in Ann Arbor. No, he hasn't. And, you know, this was a, a great opportunity for Michigan. They were playing really well. They hadn't lost the home game since losing to the Buckeyes a couple of years ago. Uh, offense was clicking behind Shea Patterson. They really moved the ball well in the first half. 
but then you know settling for field goals and their defense again second straight year that a ryan day coached offense has kind of embarrassed the don brown coach defense they used to work together at boston college and ryan's definitely had the upper hand in that coaching matchup the last couple of years and i you know very few teams can slow down ohio state i I, you know i think michigan's aggressiveness on defense hurt them and and now you're asking the bigger picture questions you know can michigan beat ohio state can they win the big 10 again um you know they're, they're definitely an improved program under jim harbaugh but this loss combined with the blowout loss to wisconsin and even that the loss to penn state uh, you got to wonder you know, how far away Michigan is from, from getting to where they want to go. And it's going to start with beating Ohio State one of these years. Now, this is a truly elite Buckeye team, you know, maybe the best Buckeye team that I've seen or one of the best uh, in, in the last 15, 20 years. But um, at some point, like last year or like in 16 or one of these years where Michigan is as good or better than Ohio State, they're going to have to get the W. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Championship weekend, and, and we'll have we'll be we'll have the playoffs set by this time next week. Is it a battle of the Big Twelve champ and the Pac twelve champ getting that fourth bid? What? How do you size this up with six days to go? Right. Well, you know, unless Georgia beats LSU, and I, I would call that a, a, a you know somewhat of a sizable upset just from what I've seen of LSU, and I was at their game on Saturday night against Texas A&M, unless that happens, it's looking like four conference champions. Um, Clemson, unless they stumble, Ohio State no matter what, um, LSU no matter what, uh, and if they win the SEC, they'd be a conference champion. And then you're right, it would be either the uh, Big 12 champion or Utah. Oregon's not going to get in with two losses, but if Utah can win the Pac-12 at 12-1, and especially if they win convincingly, they'll have a convincing case in my mind to be in ahead of Oklahoma. But Oklahoma... Has, has the better opportunity as far as uh, the ranking goes with Baylor being ranked higher than Oregon uh, or you know, vice versa. Baylor having a chance to avenge that loss a couple of weeks ago in Waco is another possibility. So, yeah, there, there's, uh, there's all sorts of uh, you know, potential debates here. I think if Georgia beats LSU, uh, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are probably out of luck. Uh, but uh, if LSU wins, it becomes very interesting. Well, Baylor certainly had Oklahoma on the ropes a couple of weeks ago. I, I mean, to me, it looks like they're set to be – they could win that game, even though Oklahoma's favored by a, a touchdown in that game. Um, yeah, I know, have you seen either of those teams in person yet this year? I've seen Oklahoma. I saw them against Texas, uh, which was a seven-point win, but one that could have been much wider. Jalen Hurts turned the ball over in that game. He also turned it over in the uh, Baylor game. Now, he did rally them. Yeah. historic rally in the second half uh, to, to win that one. And I think it's really important for Oklahoma, if they are to win the Big 12 championship, to look like a complete team. And they did uh, do a little bit better uh, job of that without last week against Oklahoma State. You know, the way they won the game, it wasn't one of these, you know, huge shootouts. They were, they were able to, to play complementary football. And that's interesting because Baylor is one of the better complementary teams uh, you know, around that's in the top 10. So I, I, I like what Matt Rule does. And I think Oklahoma is becoming a little bit more of that team, but everyone still thinks of them as mostly offense and, and not a great defense. And so I think they have to continue to show that in this game if they want to uh, get the nod over an undoubtedly complete Utah team. I've seen them play, have not seen Baylor play, and I've seen OU play. Okay. Uh, where are you headed this week? I'm going to Indy, you know, Big Ten Championship, uh, <laughs> hoping for a competitive game. I'm not overly optimistic. And Wisconsin's lost seven in a row to Ohio State, including the game earlier this year. 
They've lost 10 of 11. For the Buckeyes, I know Ohio State's got great respect for the Badgers, but uh, it's going to take quite a performance, especially the offense with Jack Cohn, I think, for, uh, for Wisconsin to hang with Ohio State, especially with that perfect season on the line. Well, have fun. Enjoy the game, and, and uh, I love going to that stadium. I love being inside that dome. We appreciate it. We know it was a busy day for you with all these coaching things that are happening around the country. We appreciate it, and enjoy the weekend. You too. Thanks, Greg. Back a couple of minutes left in the Monday edition of Sports on Here's what we have coming up tomorrow night. We'll have not one but two coaches shows. John Cook, along with John Bader, will preview the NCAA tournament, which gets underway on Friday. Huskers will host the first two rounds. They'll entertain Ball State, and if they can manage a victory in that one, they'll take on the winner of Missouri and Northern Iowa. So that's the first the four teams that will be in Lincoln on Friday and Saturday. So John Cook, John Bader with you in hour number two tomorrow night. And then our women's basketball show. Huskers coming off the two games that they were victorious in in Las Vegas over USC and Sacred Heart. They will be a part of the women's Big Ten ACC Challenge this week, taking on the Duke Blue Devils coming up on a Wednesday night at PBA. So the women will be playing Duke Wednesday night. The men will be in Atlanta taking on Georgia Tech on Wednesday night. So we'll have those for you tomorrow night. Also, some open phones during hour number one as uh, we continue to kind of put the bow on the 2019 Husker football season, which came to an end on Friday when the Black Friday game went to Iowa, 27-24, last-second field goal by the Hawkeyes two years in a row. Iowa's kicked a field goal on essentially the final play of the game to beat Nebraska in back-to-back years. Heartbreak City for Husker football the last two years against Iowa. No show at all Wednesday because of Husker basketball. The Big Red are down in Atlanta taking on Georgia Tech, and then we'll have a full show for you Thursday. Friday night, no show as well. We'll carry on the full network Husker volleyball in the NCAA tournament against 